Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Another edition of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is sweeping the nation. Episode 6, coming at you today. I am flying solo on this one. I am, of course, Jeff Manns. You can find my work over at FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. Find me in the VIP vault chat at EliteSportsBetting.com while we have no other sports other than UFC, soccer, and horse racing. But we have NFL. We'll talk about that on the show today. A lot to get to. I'm going to do these pump these podcasts out more regularly as we go forward, especially while most of the country is uh, quarantined because of the coronavirus. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S. Um, and then follow me for all my NFL uh, free agency reactions on TikTok, the Jeff Mans, all one word. Also Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, the Jeff Mans, all one word right there for you. You're going to get into day two of the NFL free agency frenzy here on the show today. But uh, I do want to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day, you know, where I come from. Southside Chicago, uh, that's a big deal, a real big deal. My, uh, you know, I am one hundred percent Irish, and my grandparents, I'm the second generation born here, um, the first generation. Well, fifty well, percent on my uh, mother's side, I am the first generation. On my dad's side, I'm the second generation born in the United States from ireland my grand both sets of grandparents grew up in the same town of galway uh in ireland and none of them knew each other different income classes that obviously when my parents got married was not a happy scene my mom's parents did not approve whatsoever my dad that pretty much went our whole life let me tell you a story i'll open up with this because i got a lot to get to as i sit here recording this on uh, tuesday march 17th I'm getting besieged by old takes exposed and things like that. So I'm going to get into that because I think it's pretty funny. We got updates coming on Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Stephon Diggs, Jason Witten, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton. So I'm going to get to all NFL news for you on the show today. But let me tell you a story. So I grew up, um, whatever, you know, Southside. And then my grandparents lived in a pretty affluent town, uh, Elmhurst, Illinois. Pretty, pretty affluent so by the time i was born i'm the youngest of five kids my dad's parents were gone they died uh crazy story i mean i guess i'll tell on this show my dad's dad died while he was in the navy my dad was in the navy i talked about that in previous podcasts or whatever that died there mom remarried and died uh like 1971 or two somewhere around there so i never met that side of grandparents the other ones on my mom's side were very wealthy um, comparatively speaking, they're middle class. So to us, they were wealthy and, and they lived in Elmhurst in a nice stately manner and all that. So true story. My old man, they never approved of my dad. Never. He knocked my mom up when like in 1959 or something, my brother was born. And it's like, you know, I was an afterthought by that time, but, uh, you know, he got in the family. They never approved of him to the point that even as I grew up in the early and mid eighties, right? We'd go over to my grandparents' house and um, my grandfather was a good dude, real nice, 
would sneak me candy and stuff like that at certain times. But my grandma, uh-uh, she had none of it. She want, she always lived by the verse, children are to be seen and not heard. So you did not speak around, you could, you just, if, a, if I ever were to even ask a question in the vicinity of my grandmother, I would go to the car and just sit there. It could be a hot summer day. Back in those days, nobody cared. Like that, it was irrelevant. But my my old man and my brother and my sister, my brothers and my sister, we would have to go do chores at my grandparents' house. So it, it was so crazy. I'll tell you my perspective. You know, early 80s, I'd go and cut the grass over there. I'd usually, my dad would cut the grass and I'd have to rake it and bag it and put it in the garbage can, take the garbage cans out and all this stuff. And um, my grandmother would not allow us in the house. My dad, her uh, son-in-law, was not, we were not allowed in the home. Like, you want to talk about what people, like how low lives people think of you. My grandparents would, so what they would do is their show of appreciation. Um, my grandma would leave a can of beer and a can of 7-Up outside the door, the side door, for when we got thirsty. And that was our, she would not say thank you. She would not say anything. There was no word spoken. She'd watch us out, out the door. Occasionally when we fucked it up, you know, if we didn't, if we missed the spot, she would let us know. But they would leave it outside of the door. And that go, my old man would slam the brewski. I would uh, enjoy my 7-Up. That was it. And we would have to do all kinds of chores, man, fixing fences, and the garage door would always break. We painted the garage one summer, He'd cut the grass, rake the leaves, shovel the driveway, but you're not allowed in the house. Like, we were legitimate, like, we we were, like, workers for her, like, we're on, a, like, her farm or plantation or something. And uh, that's how I was raised, man. That That was it never ever to be spoken to don't talk out of turn don't talk at all as a kid and even my old man that's that's the degree that my grandma or specifically my grandma because my grandpa was a good dude like i said when she wasn't there if she would go play bridge or something then my grandpa would have us in the house and it was air conditioned and everything else and it was fine and then we'd go down to his workshop he had a great workshop in his basement and he'd give me some candies that he hid in this drawer in the in the dining room and whatnot and uh it's just fascinating so that that's like when you start talking about upbringing and where you come from like that's the degree looking back on that it seems ridiculous but that was my life and yeah my dad was never accepted by my mom they were married 40 years you know uh yeah 40 years so um yeah that was that and then so my grand another story about my grandfather is like when we'd go down there sometimes into the uh, his work area he would always have irish folk songs playing always it was always something irish folk songs from the old country yada 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 but this one song always always caught my attention it's called fields of Athens rye and it, it's an old irish folk song or whatever and written during the famine and it was um you know he would have that on and he'd be blasting it and uh it, it was he'd be like completely and utterly in tears right like completely in tears um you know listening to it and everything else and then 
Um, occasionally, when again, when my grandma wasn't there, he would uh, tell us stories. Both me, my dad, my brother, whoever was there, would tell us stories about the old country and what they survived in the famine and what his dad went through and everything else. So, uh, yeah, Fields of Athen Rye, a nice uh, old folk song um, from back in the day that uh, the, uh, the my old Irish granddad used to uh, to play for us. So just a little Irish thought back in the day. And also, like 1994, the first time when um, they had the World Cup in Chicago, right? And it was uh, completely, uh, all my Irish relatives came in from Ireland at that time. The only time I've ever seen them. I've never talked to them since. I thought we were going to be the best of buds because they're my age, a little bit older. They'd get me beer, you know, and all this kind of stuff. We drank with them. We, we went and they taught me hurling. It was not, no, not vomiting, but actually hurling. It's a game you play with a, a short little wooden stick. And ball, and uh, I mean, I had the greatest time of my life, and uh, never saw or heard from them again. So, if you're listening to the podcast, hey, give give your old cousin a call out there uh, in Ireland, and hopefully, you guys are surviving uh, the uh, coronavirus as well. But anyway, so that was that. I thought that was fascinating. It's my uh, my Irish heritage coming back. It just shows you, like, I want. I said it on the first podcast and, and shit, and I mean it. I don't like race, religion, all that shit is nonsense. I think the biggest division we have in our country is really cl- social class. I really believe that. Like how much money you make, um, you're rich, you're poor, you're middle class, whatever. That separates people a lot more than race, religion, creed, any of that kind of stuff these days. That That's my opinion. And uh, that rift is going to be even larger as we the economy goes into the absolute toilet and dumpster in uh, due to the coronavirus outbreak and everything else hopefully you guys are staying well staying out social distancing all, all that good stuff i get it some of you want to be brave and brazen and fine you know i get it but now's not really the time it's just there's a time and a place for everything and to me this just isn't a good look right now to be uh to be out and about and possibly infecting other people or getting the virus and transport it to your home as well. So stay in, listen to the one man's opinion podcast. I'm going to be pumping these suckers out the entire, uh, entire time, you know? So there you go. Um, Where do we get to NFL news? So let's, let's start with Tom Brady, Tom Brady, as of this recording, and this is the fun, this is my life for you in a nutshell. And Tom Brady Announced on Instagram this morning that he's leaving the New England Patriots. It's been it's been fun. Deuces. He's dropping the mic the whole bit. Right. Cool. Well, I know by the time this podcast is uploaded and edited and all that shit that it's going that he's going to be gone. He'll be signed with Tampa Bay or maybe L.A. I know that's going to happen. But here's the deal. Like a lot of people in my profession, just to give you guys a look behind the curtain a little bit, a lot of people in my profession wouldn't record them. They wouldn't want to do a show right now, and they'd wait. They'd need the latest day, or they'd pretend it didn't exist. That's the goal, and we we I've done this with hundreds of people over the years that don't like to talk about a topic that may change or whatever, because what's going to happen? Oh, I'm going to be wrong. Oh, no, they might, you know, oh, no, I'm going to say this, and this is going to happen, and by the time it's out, personally, I don't give a shit. I, I don't 
I understand why people care because of what happened to me today. So let me give you a look at what my life. So Brady announces this. He's leaving New England, all that good stuff, right? He is leaving and there is a bunch of, you know, there's other suitors. Oakland, they go sign Marcus Mariota. That's not happening. Chicago's talking to Foles. And everywhere, Carolina's got Teddy Bridgewater under contract now. Case Keenum goes to Cleveland. So, like, the, the well's dried up. It's pretty much Tampa Bay or the L.A. Chargers, all right? And so that's that. I said, oh, okay. And I, I got uh, one or two people on uh, Twitter. It was like, hey, man, I remember. Still think he's not leaving? Do you still think he's not leaving? And I'm like, oh, okay. And let me go dig up my tweet from January when I said, you're out of your fucking mind if you think Tom Brady's leaving. And I will go and have some fun and retweeting it. You know, and I'll go retweet uh, my own wrong take, right? So I went out and I did that. And a couple, you know, got a couple of people here and there. And I even, so I tagged old takes exposed in there because uh, you know, they're the freezing cold takes at, at old takes exposed on Twitter. And, you know, they're the ones that out people that say wrong things and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I tagged them personally and every three hours go by totally, you know, one or two people reply, you know, maybe a dozen by that time. And then they retweet it. Old takes exposed retweets. it, And now the floodgates have opened. And you should hear, you should see some of these at Jeff underscore mans on Twitter. Uh, people just saying how stupid I am. You're the worst. You're an idiot. Uh, you know, why are you always wrong? Who would listen to you for fantasy advice? Yada, yada, yada. And I just, I'm like, wait, does everybody not understand? Let me clarify some things for people. All right. Just, let me just tell you how it is. Number one, I love old takes exposed. I was on their bandwagon when they had, I remember they had, I had a uh, uh, name is escape me um, guy who runs the site. I think it's name is Fred or Frank. Oh God. I can't remember the name. So um, whatever the name of the guy, I had him on my radio show about a half dozen times when they had under a thousand followers. Okay. So back in 20. 10, 11, 12 in that area when I was starting out the radio show and I had the weekend show. I love it. I love the fact that you're holding people like myself accountable for their takes. It's fantastic. You know, and and the ultimate part of this is have some fun with it, right? Have some fun, get, you know, expose people for their bad takes and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm 100% on board with it. And I love, they've done me on several things, as a matter of fact, over the years, my, uh, one of the more famous ones, and I tag them every time. I, I love it. No problems. One of my favorite um, old takes exposed that they did of me was my Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Beckham was drafted, what, seventh or eighth with the Giants. I said, this is a terrible pick. LSU kid, wasn't crazy productive, undersized, fast, but you know, all that good stuff. And then obviously his rookie year, he set the world on fire. Granted, not to the second half. He makes that crazy catch and, and boom, I got annihilated. And uh, it was brutal. You know, it was the first time you go through like a viral thing. And I've had other, vi I, I didn't do a whole show on all my viral takes, bad takes. Uh, Matt Carpenter 
NBA after Kobe's death. Um, I have a, I have several of them. Antonio Brown. I have a couple of them that have gone against me, and uh, both a couple positive, but mostly the negative ones. And I I gotta say I'm all about it. What I think happens, and in this case, with everybody trying to, uh, you know, the responses I'm getting are just don't make any kind of sense to me. Like I'm getting, you're an idiot, you're a clown. Um, you didn't call attention um, to yourself. Um, I'm trying to read through. Hey, you're, oh, here's one. Your classic douchebag that's embarrassed he was wrong, pretending he's not embarrassed he was wrong. Like, that to me is hilarious. I'm not embarrassed at all. Not even a tiny bit. Why would I be embarrassed to be wrong? I, I think that you guys, some of you, Right. And uh, this aged horribly. That was my uh, tweet from this morning. If you're one of the this aged poorly people, I really hope you understand what that's supposed to mean. I don't think that you do. Um, I tweet not for evergreen status. Like my tweets aren't going up on WebMD. They're not going to be in the Smithsonian. They're not there for generations of people to look at and interpret. Like, that's not my point. I am always reacting in real time. It's real time what I think at a given point in in time and moment. And Twitter, that's what Twitter, I thought, was supposed to be. Opening up conversations on topics with the wide variety of people and being able to post your takes and your thoughts in real time. And we all used to have this understanding that if I post something on January 14th or whatever, that was my thoughts on January 14th. I would hope everybody thinks, everybody understands we're all different people three months later, whether our thoughts, our belief system changes. Again, I'm a guy who's a born again Christian, (laughs) you know, was a a guy that grew up Catholic and I told that story on podcast number one. I, I, you change. Right. Your thoughts change. Beliefs change. Your, your personality changes. You know, you have more information. All information changes. Facts change. All this stuff changes. It always should be fluid. I tweet about uh, in real time on given Sunday in football while the games are going on, mostly because I'm watching every game and most people don't have that luxury. So I'm reporting injuries and fantasy football worthy events. And then people are like, this didn't age well. Like, this guy, Jameis Winston looks terrible when he throws two interceptions in the first quarter. And then by the end of the game, this didn't age well. I'm like, hey, fuckface, it's not supposed to age well. You absolute fucking buffoon. You absolute moron. It's not supposed to. Why does anybody think this stuff is supposed to age like wine? It's not. When Winston looks like shit, he looks like shit. If he looks great later in the game or the next week or he's a Hall of Fame career, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change that moment. you know. And that's the part people just don't get it. I think that a lot of you are scared to death to be wrong. Like you're, you're absolutely terrified of somebody outing you because you thought X and Y happened. Well, guys... I used to be just like that. I really was. 15, 20 years ago, I thought when I was breaking into the, the sports industry, when I was reporting for the Daily Herald, and when I was uh, you know, trying to get jobs on uh, for Cubs and White Sox and local Chicago teams and 
in my college newspaper and radio station. Like I, I was always pretending that I was the guy who was always right. I did. And there was a younger me. Over the years, like in 2005, I started launching fantasy sports sites, talked about that. And again, tried to think that I was always right. I was more correct than Matthew Barry or anybody else that was doing it at that time. And then time went by and I learned and I realized, oh, I'm not always right. If, I, if I'm going to have an opinion on every single player in every single sports league and every single team and every single DFS daily fantasy sports play, every seasonal play, every event that happens, every game that happens, guess what? There's no way to be right all the time. And nobody is. That's the secret of this whole deal nobody's right all the time. Nobody, not a single person. So all you can do, gather information, know what, know, have information about what you're talking about, have a history, have a track record, gather information about any topics you want to take on and give your opinion on the topic, whether it's on radio, podcast, in print, uh, you know, uh, on an article or a live stream or whatever, or on social media, give your opinion. And, and we have a saying on the Elite Sports Show on SiriusXM, say it with your chest. That's what we do. We don't want to play the middle. I don't want to play the middle. Fuck the middle. I'm done. I'm done being the middle. I'd rather fucking be poor and go cut grass with to an old lady's lawn where I – no, that's not a euphemism. I'd rather go do that where she gives me a can of 7-Up as payment. I'd rather go back to those days. You know, being treated like a, a common fucking, you know, uh, slave really is what I was being treated as. I would rather do that than to try to play the middle and have everybody like me. Everybody approve of my messages. You're not going to approve. We don't have to. I said that in the first podcast. It's one man's opinion because this is me. Full on display. And it's not always going to be right. It might not even be right more often than not. I, it will be right more often than not. I'll guarantee you that. And I'll take anybody on in that regard. But it may be not. I'm going to have a bad season, a bad year, a bad show. Oh, God, my bad shows. And what else other people have to realize is I'm talking every day, me personally. This is me. I can't talk for other people. I am writing an article or doing rankings or some kind of written content on our variety of websites every day. I do two hours of radio a day. I do about what, an hour, hour and a half, maybe sometimes two hours of podcasts, radio, other podcast appearances. I usually do a live stream a couple days a week as well. I, I, I'm, and I tweet, I don't know, an average of probably 20, 25 times a day. I record TikTok videos. I record coffee videos in the morning, going to get coffee. I have copious amounts of opinions, many of which turn out to be wrong or off target or whatever. That's always going to happen. If you're looking for perfection, folks, I, I appreciate you listening to the podcast very much, but I'm not that guy. Go find another person that's going to claim to be per perfect and have all the right takes because uh, it's just not me and it never will be. That's bottom line. I've been wrong on things before and I'll be wrong on things again. And my social media is not meant to be evergreen. <laughs> I am not going to just uh, sit there and only if, if you try to tweet only things that will hold up for days, weeks, months and years, 
you'd be lucky that you couldn't tweet once a day or you'd be one of those assholes that I really don't like that delete all their tweets. I've never deleted. Uh, that's not true. I've deleted two or three tweets in my entire life. None of them. I've never deleted a tweet in my life because of a reaction. And that includes almost got fired for Matt Carpenter calling him out during his pregnancy leave. Yeah, not good. Uh, NBA. I said NBA was canceled because I got bad information. Didn't delete that. I don't delete tweets. I deleted twice. Once I sent the wrong link. I remember that one. And another time I did some crazy misspelling. And I, I'm talking like immediate delete. Like I deleted immediately and then I repost it. Like I've done that a couple of times. I won't delete a tweet with a bad take. You guys could hate me. You could do whatever. I won't do it. I don't see a need. I don't understand. I don't understand why anybody would. And that, those are the people that are still trying to be perfect. And I look at them as amateurs that are trying to fit in and they're just going through motions. They're not being themselves. Once you learn how to be yourself, and this is a tip for all the amateur broadcasters, writers, uh, people, and whether it's sports or in your, your company, you got to find your voice. You got to understand who you are, like the real, the reality. It's just like a relationship. You're not going to burp or fart or, or you're going to put on deodorant every day in front of your uh, wife. Or your, I'm sorry, your girlfriend or somebody you're dating and your Tinder date or whatever. It is. Eventually, you're not that person. Eventually, they're going to learn who you are. They're going to know your farts stink. You take nasty shits. You uh, you, you don't use deodorant every day. Uh you uh, brush your teeth, uh, uh, you know, once a day instead of twice or whatever. You know, they're going to find out who you are. So you might as well, you're better off just being honest and upfront always, because that way you're never going to be exposed. Old takes exposed will never expose me. There's no exposing because it's out there. People that only live on Twitter, and I noticed this, like I see all the, the angry messages to me during this period. They're not by my followers. None of you who listen to pod, you guys know. You guys know. Because, you know, I'm on radio every day. I'm on podcasts most days. I'm on live streams. You see my stupid face on a coffee video or, or on TikTok or on Facebook. You know what I am. You know what I'm about. You know, I'm not running from shit. And no matter how bad and terrible it gets. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to st you know start out with, with that message. And so everybody understands just what exactly I am about. And that's not going to change anytime soon. I think uh, folks that are that haven't found their voice yet are still searching and they still have this idea that they're going to be perfect and they're going to be able to do everything. You know, um, it's like losing a bunch of weight and going on dates and dating somebody and then working out and really trying hard and eating like kale and shit you don't like. It's like you're doing all these things. Just you're you're better off being a little chunky or fat even. Like just be who you are and be comfortable in that skin because the rest of you can't change. And that's another thing. Like I'll get it. I'll just go into it now, I guess, is like people who are obsessed with their looks and everything. God, does everybody realize like a sperm meets an egg and you're created and then that your mother carries you for nine months and hopefully and you know, then you're, you're born. That's it. Like what you didn't do anything really. Like you didn't make your face or your body. You're going to be tall. You're going to be short. You're going to have this color hair and eyes. Like that's what you're going to have. But people are obsessed with it and go change themselves and go, you know, Joan Rivers died because she was obsessed with plastic surgery. People change their eye color. 
hair color, all this kind of shit. It's like, okay, dude, just, you know, so they're going to like you regardless. And the people that don't, fuck them. Seriously. And I say that to you guys. Um, those of you who I follow and, and listen to the show or, you know, we're a community, the elite mafia, and I don't give a fuck what you look like. I, I really don't. I, it just, I'll gladly make fun of you at times. Like, hey, look at this guy with the long neck. Looks like a fucking giraffe or something. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope you do that right back to, to my ginormous duckbill platypus looking face. I hope you would. But that's, it's cool. What difference does it make? You know, it is what it is. We deal with the hands that we're, we live with the hands we're dealt. I think during this quarantine coronavirus times, that's something we all have to remember too. It's like, this is the hand we're dealt. My daughter has, uh, had postponed her senior prom, her high school graduation and all this stuff. And she's broken, just shattered because she's so upset about it. And I'm like, this is the hand you're dealt. One thing I had to remind her is she was actually uh, in my wife's stomach when, during 9-11. My daughter was born right after 9-11. So, you know, she went, came into this world with a bang and her 18th birthday is, is going to be a wild one too. Now the coronavirus is sweeping the nation. It's the hand you're dealt. It's what makes you unique and what makes you you. Go with it, man. Don't fucking back away from who you are. Don't let people like, that didn't age properly. Don't let those people get to you. And don't don't let them don't even give those guys credit. I probably shouldn't even mix it up with those pieces of human waste, but uh, indeed I did. All right, let's get to some football. Brady leaving the Patriots. As of this recording, he has not announced where he's going. Uh, by the time this is released, I know he's going to. So he'll be on the Buccaneers or the Chargers if he's on some other. Um, if he's on some other um, team, then so be it. You know, then, then that's where he ends up. And the, you could tell me that's an age. Well, um, but what are the Patriots going to do at quarterback? Jared Steidem, another quarterback. Like Keenum has signed. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has signed. I mean, maybe Nick Foles. Be a pretty good get for the New England Patriots at, at that uh, at that stage of his career. I mean, ready to win. Guy who's been there. Beat him in a Super Bowl. Hmm. Would make a lot of sense to me. I don't think Bill Belichick at the age of 114 like he is, I don't think he's ready to develop another quarterback. I don't think that's where he wants to be. But um, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, Philip Rivers has signed officially with the Indianapolis Colts. Over at FantasyGuru.com, our entire staff made predictions on where we thought all the premium free agents would go, including Brady and Philip Rivers and these quarterbacks. And 100% of us chose Indianapolis as the landing spot. I don't think that's a surprise. Good news for uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, though. I think you get a guy who's familiar with the offense. I wasn't impressed with Rivers last year. I think he's kind of lost it. You know, um, I just don't think that he, he has a downfield arm anymore. He's a dink and dunk passer. But that's going to be good for uh, the likes of Jack Doyle tight end there i think it'll be good for underneath wide receivers whether whoever that ends up being whether it's um paris campbell you know their second rounder from a year ago i don't think they're going to sign Devin funches i'm sure you know zach pascal kind of emerged it's not great for ty hilton the sure rivers went downfield to mike williams a lot in, in la last year not even a lot 
just once a game. And Mike Williams, a lot of those balls hung up in the air because he doesn't have the arm strength he used to. And Mike Williams would make a play on it. T.Y. Hilton doesn't have the body to do that. So I don't love this move for T.Y. Hilton whatsoever. I love it for the pass catching running backs. Look for a guy like Naheem Hines to have a breakout 2020 from a fantasy standpoint. Look for him to have a breakout because he's crazy fast, great hand. It's a true pass catching back, even though they didn't use him in that facility last year. He is going to be the Austin Eckler of two, uh, 2020. Mark my words on that. So um, Rivers goes there. His old team, LA Chargers, they signed Brian Balaga to a, a contract, former Packers tackle. And I think this is a tremendous move for the Chargers who so desperately, desperately need offensive line help. And they've needed it for years. Maybe that's why Philip Rivers didn't have the time to throw the ball downfield. That's not not quite the reasoning I saw, but um, nevertheless, it's still a great move for that organization. Other minor moves, Jason Witten goes to the Raiders. I don't know why. I don't know. You have Darren Waller. What the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? What are the Raiders doing? I like Marcus Mariota going to Oakland, though. I'll say that. Don't be surprised if Marcus Mariota is this year's version of Ryan Tannehill. Don't be surprised. Derek Carr, another game manager, just kind of makes wrong decisions at times, just isn't, uh, doesn't have the it factor. And Mariota, under full offseason, training camp, whenever that starts, preseason, and, you know, eight weeks of the year with John Gruden, I think he could really even out Marcus Mariota and really get him calmer in the pocket, set those feet, Better mechanics hopefully would lead to an increase in uh, in accuracy. If he could do that, start incorporating some RPO stuff to the Oakland offense, Josh Jacobs and the like, I think it's a great fit. So I love that move. Teddy Bridgewater, $20 million a year to be the QB one of the Carolina Panthers. That is absolutely atrocious. A glorious overpayment of the highest regard I don't know what the Panthers are possibly thinking. I get Joe Brady's their offensive coordinator and Matt Rule is their new head coach. And he's very familiar with Brady from the New Orleans days. Here's my question. All you think Bridgewater is going to do something and you're going to use, you're going to throw back the example. Oh, well, Bridgewater did very well in place of, uh, of um, Drew Brees with, with the Saints. Absolutely. And now I'm going to ask you, first question, who's the Michael Thomas? Who's Michael Thomas? Who's the Michael Thomas of the Carolina Panthers? Do you think DJ Moore is Michael Thomas? You're out of your fucking mind. Out of your mind. He's not. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm. Overpaid for a guy that you gave him three years, $60 million guaranteed to. Uh, I just do not like that deal, Sam. I am. I, I just cannot get behind it whatsoever. So uh, Bridgewater going to Carolina. We had the Stefan Diggs trade. I didn't talk about that on the um, on episode five when I started in the day one stuff because it happened late at night. But Diggs goes to Buffalo for a first and then like fourth, fifth, sixth, and a uh, yeah fourth, fifth, and sixth. The fourth in 2021, the fifth and sixth in or sixth and seventh, I should say, in 2020, including the first round pick. Don't love it from either side. I think that Minnesota's playing Russian roulette, trying to 
make force Adam Thielen as an outside receiver. When Thielen lines up inside against lesser cornerbacks, he dominates. When he lines up outside, he gets dominated. That's just a fact. And I think Minnesota's made a huge miscalculation there. And I think that the Buffalo Bills were so preoccupied with getting a premium wide receiver, they thought A.J. Green would be available. I think they're really tilting because DeAndre Hopkins, they, they let that go. They had a lot of assets. They could have got a DeAndre Hopkins deal done, but uh, just didn't do it. And Julio Jones is not going to be available. So they're panicking, and they saw the first guy that came up, Stephon Diggs, we'll get to him. Problem with Diggs is he's a smaller guy, 5'10". He's not a um, he's a precise route runner and a very good one. He's a downfield threat. You already have one of those in John Brown. And uh, who is going to be the fallback option for Josh Allen? Josh Allen, if I'm building his receiving core, John Brown's fine or Diggs. You could have one of them. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and get a Devin Funches. I'm going to go and get a big body wide receiver that Josh Allen could throw those jump balls to. Josh Allen can't throw the ball accurately. That's his problem. He he cannot hit things over the middle. He's not good at throwing on the sidelines, on out routes and fades. His real problem with anything on a touch pass. So I don't like the 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 dynamic from Allen to Diggs. Now maybe Diggs from a fantasy football perspective, he becomes the new John Brown. John Brown was incredible. Incredibly, incredibly uh, productive last year for fantasy football, right? My problem is, and this is a misconception in fantasy, it's a misconception in reality. What the Buffalo Bills needed to do or need to do this offseason is expand the pie. What I mean by that is they need more production from their passing game. That's what they need. And you need players and weapons that can do that. You need somebody that will expand the pie. And Stefan Diggs won't expand the pie. You know what Diggs is going to do? He's going to command enough attention contractually, and he's a dynamic personality, a big-time diva who bitches and complains every step he makes, every chance he gets, and uh, he's going to command the football. He's just going to take from John Brown. You're not going to – get more of the pie. Josh Allen needs to be a 4,000-yard passer. He needs to throw for about 38 to 4,500 passing yards. He threw for barely over 3,000. And, yeah, he's running, and eh, that's great, but that shit ain't going to work. That's not going to get the Buffalo Bills to a Super Bowl, and that's what Bills Mafia wants. So he, what does Diggs improve? Third, you know, 3,089 yards for Josh Allen to what? 32, 3,300 okay but you need that you need that big body guy that sets it that can convert on third downs that you could throw it up to in the end zone to get those passing touchdowns and conversions inside the red zone that they were lacking late in the year did a marvelous job early mostly because josh allen running the football but i don't like that move whatsoever from uh from the buffalo bills or uh stefan diggs fantasy standpoint or the minnesota vikings vikings are extending Kirk Cousins and have no weapons for him whatsoever. Good luck. You're going to need it, everybody. Um, some other 
news from around the National Football League. Uh, Titans, they lose Jack Conklin, offensive lineman, but they go get some defensive help. Yesterday's, I think it was in yesterday's podcast, I talked about the Tennessee defense just not being, they're going to bleed points. You're going to be able to throw and run on this Tennessee defense. Well, they did a good thing here. They went out and got Vic Beasley, who over at FantasyGuru.com, I had as a top 20 NFL free agent. Vic Beasley is an elite pass rusher. He's a true edge guy that was asked to do a lot more in Atlanta and was really miscast there. You know, mean him line up in the middle, um, line up at the line of scrimmage at times. It just, he was all over the place still, you know, not, he had a year of what, 15 and a half sacks a couple of years ago as well. He can get to the quarterback. And that's something this Tennessee defense needs desperately in order to make up for the lack of corners who get beat deep. The quicker an edge rusher or pass rusher can get to a quarterback, the less time a cornerback and safeties have to cover. And if you're really good at covering the short and intermediate routes and you have problems deep, well, if you can get to the quarterback and get him flushed out before he could fire the ball off accurately down the field, you're in good shape. So good move here by the Tennessee Titans. I I dig that one um, quite a bit. The 49ers are keeping Matt Breida. They placed a second-round tender on him. Uh, Washington Redskins went out and got Thomas Davis, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, as well. Uh, The Chicago Bears, I don't know if I talked about this. I don't think they signed Jimmy Graham. I hated that. I just don't like it at all. They also went out and got Robert Quinn, who I do like. But they paid way too much money. I don't understand why you give a five-year, $70 million contract to Robert Quinn, all right, and then you just cut Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd, definitely disappointed in 2019. All right, but he was pretty good in 2018, right? Um, So, I I mean (laughs) – Leonard Floyd is disappointing, but cutting him outright and giving $70 million to Quinn, oh boy. Robert Quinn did great in Dallas because of Demarcus Lawrence. That's it. He had that guy taking a double, sometimes triple coverage on one side. He was one-on-one, elite pass rusher, but he's 30 years old, and he gets $30 million of guaranteed and a five-year $70 million deal Ugh, with the Bears. It'll be okay, especially for the first year or two. Him and Khalil Mack, it gives Mack – if they're going to try to mess around double, triple team with Khalil Mack like they did last year, Quinn will be one-on-one again. But starting to get up there long in the tooth, I don't think this contract is going to be very fine to the uh, Chicago Bears. So there you go, everybody. That's the latest news from around the National Football League. Um, I'll keep you updated. I'm going to try to pop out these podcasts just about once a day. Ted Schuster could not make it for today's show. So – that's why I went with uh, some St. Patrick's Day stuff, some NFL news, and uh, obviously the old takes exposed stuff is wild. Let me know. Am I overreacting to the old uh, takes exposed stuff? Do you not agree with my philosophy on not deleting tweets and things like that? Any other questions or topics you want to see or hear me take on here on the One Man's Opinion podcast, hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and of course, TikTok, where you can find all my NFL free agent signing reaction videos. They're 30 seconds to a minute, folks. You can blaze through them while you're uh, on the toilet taking your, your morning shit. So 
There you go, everybody. That's another edition, episode six in the books already. It was a quick one. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I'll have Ted Schuster later on this week. How I Met Ted Schuster. Got to tune into that one. There's some hilarious stories. Also, if you're looking for something else to do, everybody, MLB The Show. If you're on PlayStation 4 or Xbox or what have you, MLB The Show has launched officially here today. Also, it's Tuesday, so some other movies, including the new Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So all of us that are shut in on this uh, coronacation or whatever we're calling it, the apocalyptical thing, sitting around looking for something to do, go get yourself or download MLB The Show 20. Have some fun playing uh, fan, some baseball on video game style. Go watch Rise of Skywalker, Frozen 2 with the kids, or whatever you uh, so choose there as well. All right, folks. Well, there you go. Hopefully, you agreed with what I said today. And if not, it's okay. Why? Because that's just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces.